Welcome to the God's Our Pop-Up Podcast, where we love to talk about some fun and debatable topics in the Bible. We hope this podcast encourages you to dive deeper in your faith and seek God first. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the third episode of the God Is Our Pop-Up Podcast. I'm here with the boys today. Yo, what's good? It's your boy, Matt. What's up? How y'all doing, bro? Y'all doing good today? You know what? My day didn't start off too well, bro. Watch the UT Villanova game. Shout out to college <laughs> basketball. It's back on. Um, hopefully March Madness happens. But yeah, watch UT lose a close one against Villanova today. Very upsetting way to start off my day. But rather than that, bro, just straight chilling. Facts. I went to church and then watched that game. Dude, that was a good game, though. Yeah, it was a good game. It was fun to watch. Yeah. But yeah, dude. Church, lunch, basketball. That's it. Yeah, that's what it's going to be, bro. College basketball is back on. Best time of the year. Are you ready for your season, bro? I heard you're, uh, you know, back in the hooping scene. So what are, what are your expectations? How many points are you dropping uh, this season? Matt, you better drop 30 points. <laughs> nah, I'm not going to be having any big numbers. I'm just – I'm on some, some pretty heavy restrictions. So I'm just doing what I can to help the team. Uh, just going and shoot a few threes. I know my role and I'm gonna stick to it. So I'm just looking yeah. to have fun. I'm I'm just blessed to have got another opportunity to go back and play. So facts, bro. For those of y'all that don't know, um, Matt's been dealing with some back issues. He's told y'all in the last couple episodes, but uh, ECU recently just granted him like a 10 day contract or something like that. So <laughs> he'll be playing that for the rest of the season. Not a 10 day contract. They put me <laughs> on a, a a veterans workout program, so it's actually kind of nice. Um, <laughs> I just I don't get to I don't have to practice as much. Just kind of get to to play it safe with my back, and I'll play a few minutes at a time, two, three, four minutes at a time, and ten, fifteen minutes a game. So it's really fun, honestly. I'm just glad to to be back at basketball. You know, actually, honestly, I haven't even told you this, have I? But I think that like I was like very humbled in the time that I was away from the game. So I had been praying for a while that like like I wanted to be humbled because as you guys know, I had a, like a really good uh, second half of the season last year. Like I had a thirty point game. I had a few 20 point games and I was, I was on my high horse about it. And so I was praying, especially when COVID hit, I was like, dude, God, I, I need to be humbled. And uh, so I think it was an answer prayer. You know, he, he get, he blessed me with this back injury and yes, he did bless me with the back injury. Um, and it took me out of the game for a while. And I think uh, it just allowed me to like know my role in my position. Like I'm not that guy. Like I have a bigger role on the team than just playing basketball. And so um, that's, that's really like, what I got out of my time away from the game is that I've been humbled and that I know my, I know my role now and I'm going to stick to it. I'm not going to try and um, deviate from that and not, not going to try and brag. And I'm going to stay humble. You know, where it tells me um, he humbled himself in front of the Lord will be exalted. So that's what I'm trying to do here. That's, Dude, that's good, awesome. bro. Dude, that's, uh, that's like, that, that, ahead, that's like, a, a, you just get like an appreciation for the game, I guess, when you, I guess that's your whole life since you can remember. And then, taking on a back injury like this and then I guess kind of transitioning into a different lifestyle, but then being able to go back and you're like, wow, dang, I really truly do love and miss this game. But dude, at least you got to start like get start to do uh cool, like ministry things. Like um, what is it, Matt? Like what is it? FCS? FCA. Yeah. FCA. My bad. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely gave me a different appreciation for the game because uh, especially before I was a believer, like my identity was found in basketball. And so, um, you know, kind of once I came to college is when I realized where my identity was found in, you know, uh, Cam, I believe I kind of gave my life to Christ the same time as you did at uh, CTF camp after senior high school. And so, yeah, um, my identity was found in basketball and, and moving my identity towards Christ uh, helped me make the decision to, to stop playing um, and humble myself, you know, um, and, and I had no intentions of coming back. And then um, things just kind of fell into place for me. And so it, I'm definitely very appreciative of the opportunity that I've been given. So I'm really excited to be back on the court. It's, it's been really fun. I'm not going to lie. That's good, bro. I just want to ask like a quick icebreaker question before we hop into the topic for today. But yeah, you just kind of gave me the idea, Matt. But I guess for Julian, like, what do you think is a way that like God has been able to work in your life through COVID, like through this difficult time, this weird time that, you know, we're all, we're all just going through. We've all had to adapt with school, with work, with everything, just being virtual online, all that good stuff. So what do you think like God has um, maybe taught you or something that you've learned um, during this COVID time? Yeah, dude, that's a good question. That's, it's definitely for me been learning to be more obedient and to push myself harder than I have ever before in my faith. That's good. Um, so like, for example, I'm at home, uh, 80% of the day. So it's me and like my three roommates. Um, and then, you know, every now and then I'll go get to see other people or go to like church and stuff like that. But I don't have the same events and same things every day. Like I used to, that would kind of like fill me up spiritually. Um, so now it's kind of more like having those awesome spiritual talks with my roommates, um, just randomly that can somehow just start up when we're just all in the kitchen making lunch at the same time. Um, and then it just lasts for like an hour or something. So just stuff like that. Um, just trying to be more persistent and um, getting into uh, the word every single day, even if uh, I'm not persistent with uh, like a scheduled time. Um, it's just being more obedient and persevering. That's good, bro. That's good. I really like that actually, Julian. For me recently, especially during COVID was like um, stewarding my free time well. So we had so much more free time. Um, and, you know, a lot of us, like us, we play video games together pretty frequently over quarantine. But I think that um, I was just convicted, especially when I came back to school with all the free time that I had. I was like, man, I need to be doing something more productive. Um, I need to be reading a book or uh, in the word, more like studying the word, not just reading it. Um, and things like that. And so I, I listen to a lot of sermons, uh, some podcasts and things like that, just trying to um, better myself instead of just sit around and, you know, sit on TikTok for three hours in the afternoon while I'm laying in bed. Like I go to the gym and I get shots up or something, you know, I think it was just like, I was very convicted about stewarding my free time and, uh, and well, especially. So that was what it was for me. God just taught me how to use my free time and, and what resources I need to do it. Cause I went through a season of like spiritual apathy there for a while where, I had no motivation to get in the word and, and, and I still did. And cause I mean, me and Cam, we were kind of talking about this earlier, but like the, what for people, for those of you out there who don't have motivation to get in your word, it sucks. I know it does, but you're never going to find that motivation. And the way to get over that is to just do it. You're just going to have to do it. You're going to set aside the time to do it every day. And it's become, it's going to become a habit and you're going to enjoy it more. But I definitely went through a season where I was like, man, I don't want to get in the word, but I know if I stopped, it was going to be detrimental. So. What about you, oh, 
Go ahead, Julian, before I'll, I'll give my answer. Yeah, my bad. Real fast, dude, Matt, that, the same thing happened with me to where uh, I, I was just on social media way too much during this time of quarantine as well. Um, one thing I did was I got one of my roommates to go onto my uh, iPhone settings and then uh, put in a screen time password to, I guess, disable um, the amount of time I can be on social media. So like Instagram and TikTok. I can only be on that for about 45 minutes total on each app every day. Um, so that means like, I can't be sitting like on the couch all day, like I have before um, and gone through like social media. So definitely like that's one step for me, at least for trying to steward my time better, but that, that's just kind of, that's good, bro. That screen time is such a useful tool that is so underutilized. Facts. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. And if y'all, if y'all like want, advice or want to know like how you can you know utilize that screen time settings like just reach out to us and we'd be more than happy to um uh, teach y'all and help y'all uh, work work out with y'all through that not work out i said work out like we're lifting weights or something but uh <laughs> um yeah i think god has been teaching me during this time and it's something that my mentor has repeated to me over and over again um alan he tells me that each day you're either going closer to the Lord or growing farther away from him. And, you know, that really puts into perspective of, I guess, just time in general and how we are to utilize our time. I was talking about stewarding his free time, Um, you know, social media, gaming, like all these um, distractions are really time consuming and it's easy to keep our Bibles closed um, and just, you know, just focus on those things because they're fun. And, um, you know, reading the Bible, it's, it can't be, I don't, I personally don't even like reading, honestly. I don't know about y'all, but it's hard for me reading to open up my Bible. Yeah. It's hard for me to open my Bible, but like my Matt said, like, you know, you just have to do it. I don't know if you'll like ever get motivation to do it or, you know, like what your reason is from like behind that, but you literally just have to open up your Bible at the end of the day. And I've, to be honest, been struggling with that this past week, especially with finals. I have, um, neglected getting into the word and i'm just like you know what like i don't have time to get in the bible like i have my finals that i need to study for um i don't have time whenever in reality it takes literally like 20 minutes like max to get like a good quiet time in and just open your word and so you know i feel like it's easy to make excuses but at the end of the day you just have to do it and i feel like that's what god has taught me um over this covid season and um just being able to utilize your free time well like matt was talking about Man, Cam, let me add on to that. And I know it's like completely off topic. We weren't even going to talk about this today. But, um, you know, we were talking about quiet times at, at Bible study on Wednesday. And, and uh, Chris, the guy who leads it, one of my mentors, was he, we were, he was talking about how we try to find time for the creator, for, for God, right, to get into the word. And you're never going to find that time. But we need to make time for God, like how could we not make time for the creator of the universe for the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, the author of life? Like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like how, yeah. How can we, good. yeah, we just need to make that time. Like it's, it's gotta be important to us. And so we're never going to find the time. There's never going to be enough hours in the day, but when you make the time it's important, like if you're in a relationship like me, I'm engaged to be married. Right. So I talk to my fiance every day and our relationship grows in that sense, but how's my relationship with God going to grow if I'm not talking to him every day mm-hmm. or reading his word every day? So yeah. that's kind of thing. Like 
you're never going to find the time you just need to make it. Yeah, that's, that's good, bro. Um, yeah. And so today's topic is creation versus evolution. Pretty controversial oh, yeah. topic that, you know, many scholars, many scientists, um, even like spiritual leaders have debated over for the last hundred or so years. And so, Matt, do you just want to start off and just give us some terms to define before we hop in? Yeah. So, I mean, the big term we got to define here is, is evolution. So evolution is defined as the change in heritable characteristics of biological populations over successive generations. Um, and these characteristics are very small and it's uh, the, the change of them, not the creation of new ones or um, things like that. So the change of them. Uh, is what evolution is here. Um, and, and honestly, this topic is pretty black and white for me. Um, creation is, is, is where I side versus evolution because there's some, some problems I have with evolution, but there's also many true followers who are evolutionists. So uh, this can, can be a very debatable topic. Um, I mean, I personally, I side with the creation story, be, uh, with, with creation because of the story in Genesis. I mean, Genesis 1 and 2, but it comes down to the question of, uh, when, like, how long is the story? Is it actually six days? You know, that translates to uh, Hebrew word dia. Is, is this um, an actual day or is this a longer period of time we have here? And so, um, and you can even go into that with um, the old earth versus new earth um, theists. There's a debate we can have later, but, um, you know, if you Google or with old earth theists are people that believe the uh, world is what, like 4.5 billion years old? I believe Hugo says 4.54, something like that, billion years old. And new earth theists believe that the earth is only 6,000 to 15,000 years old. Um, and like I said, there's there's some true followers that are evolutionists. Um, and, and this is kind of, it's another tough topic in the Bible, but we like to tackle these things. And so some of them believe that the creation story in Genesis is a metaphor. So Adam isn't one man. He is all mankind. Um, and, and same with Eve, Adam isn't one woman, but she's all womankind. Um, and there's a few problems I have with that, especially like uh, Adam and Eve are referenced later in the Bible and especially their kids. Like, you know, they had kids um, that are referenced specifically in the Bible. So these are, I believe that these are specific people and this creation story is, is very specific that God created um, humankind. And so if, if we believe that the creation story is a metaphor, then what else in the Bible is a metaphor? We can't, you know, be selectively obedient, pick and choose what we want to believe and not believe like we talked about before. So um, I, I do believe in mutation though. I believe that there's certain uh, characteristics that, that occur over time uh, that change and not really evolve like into new things that are, they just change um, over yeah. time. And so I believe that mutation is, is a thing, but I'm not a big, uh, big fan of the whole evolution theory of um you know humans descending from monkeys um or like julian like to say we descended from tadpoles you know <laughs> he's just kidding but <laughs> facts um and i kind of want to try and talk about evolution here but i'd rather like more disprove evolution um or not disprove but kind of say some things that i believe to be false about evolution that that make it inherently uh, harder to believe and so it takes a lot more faith to believe in evolution than it does in creation. First of all, evolution is a theory. People say that evolution is scientific and it can be in some senses, but I don't think it is because it's not testable or repeatable. Uh, evolution makes claims about things that were not observed and cannot be recreated. So I think that a lot of people especially believe in evolution because it's, it's kind of shoved down our throat. I mean, not really, but 
um, if we, if you go to school, people are going to bring up this topic of evolution. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I think that if we repeat a lie often enough and long enough, it'll become your truth. And so when, when people start to repeat this live evolution going and going, they keep going, it's going to become their truth, whether or not they want it to. And so I think that's why a lot, a lot of people do that. And, and candidly, there's a lot of disagreements between evolutionists because there's such little evidence um, to, to, to back their side and prove it that, that they can't really have any strong supported um, arguments or claims here. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of like, I know I, I didn't just define terms there, but I kind of went into a little more. Um, you guys have any, any questions on it or anything like that? Yeah, I have a, I have a couple points. So, um, I have two terms actually macroevolution and microevolution, Matt, you're talking about microevolution, how you believe in, um, you know, like animals, like changing, uh, physically, like, um, for example, the bird, like a bird's beak has changed due to the climate and that's been proven. Um, but it doesn't change into a whole, like another creature, you know, like it's still a bird at the end of the day. It's just, um, it's just a characteristic of the bird. It's beak that has changed. Whereas macroevolution, which is what we're talking about is an insect or like as Julian said, like a tadpole turning into like a walrus or something. I don't know. (laughs) Um, and so that is, we just don't believe in that. And that is the evolution that we're referring to in case anybody had any like discrepancies or questions about that. And um, many people tie in evolution with like Darwinism and natural selection. And Mm so I just wanted to uh, state this real quick is that like natural selection can be seen and observed, um, thus verifying itself. While evolution evolution supposedly all happened in the past, thus uh, thus requiring blind faith of its existence. Like you were saying, like it's a theory um, and it's not testable and repeatable. Whereas, you know, natural selection, we can see it and we have observed it and there's different tests and experiments that have proven um, natural selection. So I just wanted to add those two points real quick. Yeah, that's good, Cam. And, and kind of to backpack off that evolution all happened in the past, right? And so say, say humans descended from monkeys, right? Then there has to be this, this I mean, there's a gap here. Um, first of all, if humans descended from monkeys, we evolved from monkeys. Why are there still monkeys here today? Second of all, if we descended from monkeys, where are these half monkey, half human fossils? I mean, we find dinosaur fossils today. Why can't we find half human, half monkey, um, burials? Like where, where, where are those at? You know, exactly. There's no trace of the in between. Um, you know, you can say like, you can find like the tadpole and you can find like the walrus but where is the tadpole walrus in the middle <laughs> that sounds so goofy whenever Bro, I where did it, you but... get walrus from yeah what, I, don't, what I, don't know. <laughs> I was i was i was gonna say dog and then i was like walrus like i don't it just came out of my mouth like i, I honestly have no like hey cam <laughs> hey can you find the tadpole uh skeleton bro yeah so moving on to the next point uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah turn to frogs bro come on now <laughs> My bad. Oh, by well, the way, Matt's like terrified of frogs. Oh yeah, so. that's my worst fear, hundred percent. I was like traumatized as a kid. Yeah. yeah. What what's like what's the story behind that? If you don't mind, like explaining it real quick. All right. So I I really wasn't traumatized as a kid, um, <laughs> but so my older brother Scott loved the dude, 
and he i did everything he did when we were younger and you can you can ask him like he would i would dress just like him he would go upstairs and change his shirt i will go change to a very very similar shirt if i had it and he would get so mad so i copied him about everything because i thought he's the coolest guy ever you know he told me that <laughs> he told me that my like the dream job was to be a porta potty cleaner and so for years i went around saying i want to be a porta potty cleaner when i grow up right <laughs> so um Back to it, our neighbor was um, she was a, she was a good friend of ours. She was very scared of frogs, and uh, one day my older brother, he he was outside with her, and a frog came around, and she got very scared of it. And so then he got very scared of it because he was a lot younger. And so then it kind of just translated to me copying him. And now I don't even think he's scared of frogs anymore, but I'm still terrified of them. So I mean that's really that's really how that went. That's crazy, bro. Yeah. So if y'all ever see Matt. I don't know, want like a Christmas gift, like to give him, like just, you know, you know what to get him now. Just give him like a frog or something. Yeah. I'll probably like run away and scream. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's get back to it. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of want to talk about um, human existence and the existence of earth. Like we're not here by chance. Um, if you alter um, the gravity of the sun or the placement of the earth by like the tiniest fraction, we would not exist. I, I don't think that, the quality of life we have, the knowledge, the ability to speak, hear, talk, taste, smell, scent, all these things. I don't think that we were given all these senses and quality of life by chance. Like, I don't think this could have evolved from anything. I candidly, I don't just because of the way we're placed on the earth is on an axis that rotates around the sun so perfectly in the solar system that if we were one degree away or one degree further, if we were one degree away, we'd be too cold. If we were one degree further, we'd burn up. And so I think that there's no way that we were here, that we're here by chance, um, that we just happened to show up. I think that there was an ultimate creator who had good in mind. And, you know, that's what God says in, in Genesis one, when he creates everything, he thinks it's good. The only thing that wasn't good was when man was alone and then he took out Adam's herb and made a woman. So. Yeah. Uh, just to build off that, what Matt is talking about is the official term is fine tuning. And so the universe has 122 cost constants that all must be fine-tuned exactly for a planet to support life. And so in effect, there is a zero chance that any planet in the universe would have life-supporting conditions we have unless there is an intelligent designer behind it all, which is what Matt was saying. And so that is the most convincing argument for me for the creation side. It's just like if somebody was to ask you, would you believe in the earth, the earth just poofing out of nowhere and everything was created? Or is it easier to believe that there's a designer, an intricate designer behind it all, who fine-tuned everything from our bodies to the world to everything within the world and all these constants that, um, that we need to live? Like, which side is, is, it, is easier for you to believe or to argue against? Yeah, uh, you know, you were Allison Turner from Young Life Camp. Julian, you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah she know. used to. Yeah, she's the goat, first of all. But she used to have a story of like a watch. So if I find an Apple Watch on a stranded island in the middle of nowhere, I know that this watch is made by Apple, right? Like I know that this watch has a creator. So like somebody had to make this watch. So this watch points to a maker, as creation points to a creator. So I, that's like one of the most convincing arguments for me is like, that's good. We point to something. 
Right, like the the watch or like a clock or something has to tick, but who wound it in the first place? Like it mm-hmm. didn't like exactly like what y'all were talking about. It just doesn't poof out of nowhere. Yeah, and we could even talk about okay. So let's theoretically say we did descend from monkeys, right? How did the monkeys get here? Who created the monkeys? You know, right. there's 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 something missing there. Oh uh, yeah, we could have we could have evolved from monkeys, but. God put the monkeys here for us to evolve from, you know? And I think that people can make an argument for that, but they're like creation of any sort points to a creator. So like that. And last thing I really, really want to touch on here is like some people, uh, it's very slim on people think that we all came from the same thing. So, you know, tadpoles, dogs, humans, and walruses all came from the same thing. We all evolved somehow, which is macro evolution. If I'm right, Cam, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, that's that's macro. Okay, so Noah had Noah had the ark, right? And he had to get two of every kind into the ark. And so I'm thinking like he probably had two dogs. He didn't have a German shepherd pair, uh, a Labrador, a pair of lab of labs, you know, things like that. I think that Noah had two dogs and then from there is where the microevolution came. And so that that's kind of what, what ties that for me is like I can believe in microevolution or mutation because of the arc, because there's only probably only one of these kind of, like he didn't have room for every single little breed of dog. And then you go down the line to every breed of, of elephant, you know? And so that's probably one of the most convincing things for me is the fine tuning, of course, the earth where it's placed microevolution. I believe that that can definitely a thing, but. That's good. Yeah. And I just wanted to add this last point as well. Um, so we I added a little uh, segment into the last podcast about the reliability of the Bible. And so one of the biggest questions people ask of, of uh, the Bible is its reliability according to science. And so people often say that the Bible discredits science and that science um, disproves the Bible. But in reality, if you actually look into scripture, you can see that, that the Bible just proves science even even more and that they go hand in hand almost at times and just some of the examples within the bible that i found are just like hydrology um like it talks about the the water cycle in job 36 it talks about how the round is earth and i the round is earth i said that that's crazy cut that (laughs) out bro uh, <laughs> how the earth is round in Isaiah 40. Um, it talks about the number of stars in Jeremiah, just like all these different, like, yeah, just science in the Bible just go hand in hand at times. And so those are some of the examples. Yeah, I think you're right, Cam. Science only proves the Bible more. Um, I think that the diver, you, the deeper you dive into it is only going to prove it. So well, is there anything else y'all want to add to that or? Nah, man, mainly my whole thought process is just what I know from Genesis. It's like exactly like what you said already, Matt, like how God said, like, let mankind or let us make mankind in our image um, and in our likeness so that they could rule over um, the fish and the sea and the birds and over the livestock and all the wild animals. It's just just the scripture right here and the authenticity of like the Bible and <clears throat> and how this comes from like original Hebrew text. Like this is what we follow. It's kind of one of those things where in my eyes, I don't think there is enough evidence to prove 
that evolution is a thing or evolution isn't a thing. Um, I just think for me, it's based off of my faith on what the Bible tells me. That's good, bro. And just the last thing I wanted to add as well is that the Bible is not a science book, but whenever it does mention nature, geography, anthropology, all those different scientific topics, it always does so, uh, so accurately. And so whenever we do come to controversial things like creation, why would we not give the Bible a little bit of the benefit of the doubt? Why wouldn't we research more into it? Um, why would we write off the Bible so quickly? Um, science is always changing. We discover new things. We have to adjust. Um, but the Bible is something that is always constant, something that never changes. And it's the same today and, um, as it was whenever it was written. It's true. True. I think that'll wrap it up for us today. Appreciate all the support once again. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace.